Hey everyone, uh, Mark here from Mark for Glory Advocacy Media. I'm here with Crystal. And uh, today uh, on our Under the Surface series, we're going to be discussing forgiveness and how it's relevant to the uh, disability community. Crystal, do you want to think about that? Um. Well, there's a lot to say about that. Um, first, how about if we um, ask him the first question? Oh. And John, is John there yet? Um, he's just, oh, John is here. <laughs> Actually, um, before, before we get to that, I should yeah. go ahead and introduce uh, John <laughs> and Anne for those who don't know. Um, uh, actually, Crystal and myself, for those who don't know, uh, first of all, welcome to Alphabetical Order. Um, so Anne is, comes to us from the Parkinson's community, where she's a boxing, a boxing student as well as a coach. And uh, John comes to us uh, from the I guess you would say, John, the spinal injury community. And yeah. um, he's been dealing with that since he was 11. And he's a sixth den or sixth level in uh, sixth level black belt in karate. Oof. And you're in New Zealand, right, John? That's correct. Yeah, it's eight o'clock in the morning. So it's quite good. <laughs> well, good. Good morning. Yeah. Good afternoon to you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, like I was saying before, today's topic of discussion is forgiveness, and we're going to try and relate it to the disability community and uh, see how, see how if we can maybe give some people tips for dealing with this issue and how they how they can relate it to their lives. So why don't we go go ahead and start off with the first question. I'll ask both of you, um, and certainly Crystal, and I'll try and give my best answer. Um, so what does forgiveness mean to everyone here? Feel free to raise your hand if you want to add something. I'll let you go first, Dan. I'll be a okay. gentleman. <laughs> All right. Um, it took me a while to learn that forgiveness is not a feeling and that it is, in fact, a choice. And it is a choice to let go of the need to punish somebody for hurting oneself. It does not mean that the other person did not do anything wrong. It does not mean that it didn't injure you or that it didn't hurt. And it doesn't mean that you have to for forget. It means that you are releasing the other person, you know, from, from my faith standpoint to God who understands that person with a fullness and a compassion that we're just not capable of because we don't know each other's stories. And and when I forgive someone, I'm saying to God, I'm not going to avenge myself on this person. I am going to let God sort it all out 
and just bide my time. Let's see what happens. And I've had a number of relationships that have been tested by, um, by real injury happening in, in both people, um, real heart type injury. And that is when I started researching forgiveness. I actually found a wonderful book by June Hunt called How to Forgive When You Don't Feel Like It. And um, it was tremendously helpful. It helped me realize that by releasing somebody else and not trying to teach them or or show them or um, or force guilt on them or anything like that, I didn't have to drag around a difficult relationship that I frankly didn't know what to do with. And that's especially helpful for me because I have the worst time forgiving people who are guilty of things that I've been guilty of. And especially if I have not admitted it to myself, then I can really come down on them hard. And this way, basically, I'm a fellow learner and a fellow offender. Um, and we're both just trying to learn how to be decent human beings who do a better job of treating each other as if we were human. Yeah, that's certainly a good point. And that must be must be hard, must be difficult to come to that realization and be able to let go in that way. I've had a fair amount of practice. I, I got to thinking the other day that almost every important relationship in my life has gone through a period of being burned to the ground. And then wonderful things have sprung up eventually in God's perfect time. If I've just let them alone, my problem comes when I try and fix things and solve things and interfere and quote unquote, get through to the other person. That is almost always a mistake because I really don't understand what's going on. For instance, um, I got in a, a terrible interaction with my mother-in-law at one point in our lives. And it took a year of talking and praying and and working at the forgiveness thing with each other before she and I realized that the entire difficulty we had had with each other was because of a literal misunderstanding. And once we realized that, we had a relationship that was ready to to prosper again. And she and I ended up becoming pretty much best friends. I was there with her at the moment that she died. And she lived with us for nine months. This was years later. And um, I spent a, a day every week visiting with her before she moved in with us because she was just my, my favorite person. And I would have missed out on her if we had not clung to the hope of, of forgiveness of a mutual variety. And I needed a lot of forgiving for the way I handled things. She needed a lot too. But once I, I knew some of her backstory, which only happened after she and I started debriefing, after we'd forgiven each other, um, I could understand why she had reacted the way she had. She had a very difficult childhood and there were some triggers going on. And it really, frankly, wasn't personal. 
And, um, and I will always be thankful for having reconnected with this wonderful woman who had suffered enough in life. She didn't need to have me adding to her sufferings. Mm. She greatly enriched my life. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Oh. Sorry, what are you going to say, Mark? Oh, I was just going to actually thank Anne for sharing that. That must have been a hard thing to go through. Well, it it was for both of us because we really cared about each other. We had known each other for nine years and we had always had a warm relationship with each other, but there had always been something missing. And, and I had grown up in a family that was very close and we were very demonstrative and we hugged each other all the time and told each other we loved each other all the time. And she had grown up in a very troubled family and had dealt with a lot of very painful things um, as a result of being part of that original family. And as a result, she was trying to give to me what she was not given by her parents, which was um, a respect for my autonomy. And so I was trying to be close to her and she was trying to give me space. And boy, did we have the misunderstanding of the century because we both cared so much. But, you know, looking back, I think had we not had that experience of everything burning to the ground, our whole relationship, I mean, it, it got pretty ugly, frankly. You know, we said things that you can't unsay and it was hurtful and it was scary. And, um, and then looking back, I find myself remembering that there are certain seeds which only germinate and, and crack open and begin to, to grow after a forest fire. They require that kind of pressure, that kind of heat, that kind of extreme um, subjection to, um, to pressure in order to finally grow. And I think that there are things in relationships that are dormant until there is an extreme difficulty between people, which requires radical forgiveness. And then boy, is it beautiful. Yeah, it plays uh, and uh, it's an impactful story that you share. And uh, a lot of people can it's it's a hard lesson to learn. Oh, it is. A friend of mine and I were just discussing something you just brought up. And that is sometimes the way people act and you think is you know, hurtful on purpose or whatever is actually a reaction in a survival mode from something else that happened or is happening and that can be that can be perceived as you being a bad person exactly and when we write each other off then we end up having to undo unnecessary damage before we can reconnect and i don't know about anybody else but when i have a relationship which has been through as a dear friend of mine would say, a terrible kerfuffle. I love that word. Um, there is a part of my energy 
spiritual and and emotional and even physical that is just circling 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 around that relationship just like a program that hasn't loaded fully and um when i can just release that relationship then it can be addressed in ways that are sometimes wildly creative um and unexpected and that i would not have been able to come up with and then mm -hmm. sometimes there is a restoration that is just absolutely precious and I often find that the person with whom I've had the greatest amount of difficulty is the very one through whom I am meant to learn some really important lessons. And I'm so grateful for all those people who have been restored in my life and for all that they've taught me and all that they have forgiven me because I am deeply in need of forgiveness just as much as they are. We all are. So one thing we have in common. <laughs> yep. That's a deeply ironic set of circumstances. Like John will relate, and certainly you will from the boxing. Sometimes the best way to deal with an opponent is not do anything at all. Let mm -hmm. them do the work for you. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to let go and just let that happen. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the forgiveness is like a two-way thing, isn't it? You, um, you've got to um, sometimes look for forgiveness yourself um, to understand why the other person has acted that way. It may have been something you've done without realizing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, and then sometimes because they've hurt you, you haven't accepted their forgiveness, and it's biting away at you, if you know what I mean, until you so suddenly realize that they did not have a bad intent with their action, but you've held on to it. And that's been festering inside of you and sort of making you into this um, person that most probably you don't want to be. So sometimes it's um, looking at yourself and really forgiving yourself for acting the way you have, you know, it's, yeah. Exactly. June Hunt describes in her book, um, working with groups who are struggling, um, who have individuals struggling with forgiveness issues. And she illustrates the whole forgiveness thing by bringing a large burlap bag on stage and having somebody who is struggling with forgiveness come up onto the stage too. And she has a, a bunch of rocks there. And she invites that person to pick up a rock and name the offense that they're having trouble letting go of and then put it in the bag and then keep going until until they have placed a rock in the bag for every offense that they're still offended by and cannot quite forgive. And then she says to them, okay, now run, grab that bag and run forward, skip, dance. And of course they can't do any of that because they have this bag that is so heavy and it's dragging them down regardless of how it affects anybody else. And then she says, but if you could just let go of the bag and then she cuts off the, the tie to the bag and all those rocks are still there. They're all still in the bag, but now they are resting on the stage. They are not slowing the person down. The other person can move forward in freedom. 
and she points out if if the lord god is able to take care of the rocks you don't need to you can live out of a place of freedom and peace you are not going to be burdened by these offenses and by the pain because you're not trying to carry them forward into the future and that really hit me where i was struggling at the time i thought i am quite a rock collector <laughs> and mm -hmm. and i made up my mind that i was gonna let go of my bag of rocks and i've had to do it a number of times because i have a tendency to sneak back on stage and grab that burlap bag and stuff it with a few more rocks and try and drag it and then i go whoa this isn't working any better than it did last time and then i remember to let go of the rocks and just deal with myself and just deal with my my need for forgiveness and the things that may be blocking me from even realizing the things for which i need to be forgiven oftentimes they're too big for me to even see too close for me to recognize yeah that's uh, definitely true we can be blinded by i don't know uh our own our own inner dialogue and our own ego sometimes and oh, yeah. sort of blind reality and the truth like maybe maybe somebody who um who did something some of uh, some offense that you perceived maybe they didn't re realize what they were doing or had something in the past like we mentioned before exactly um a friend of mine, um, Reverend Catherine Sorry. Robinson, um, was very helpful to me. All having in a discussion. issues all oh, at sorry. the same time. Yes. Wow. Oh, sorry. But um, oh, everyone's cutting in the neck. Um, well, before we. Looks like we've lost Mark. A uh, little bit of technical difficulty. Yeah, well, technical I just wanted system. to mention another thing that was helpful to me. Um, so Reverend Catherine Robinson mentioned to me the possibility of a prayer bowl. And she said, when she has trouble releasing somebody for forgiveness and moving forward, she just writes their name down on a piece of paper and puts it in a bowl and to her, that's a physical manifestation of letting go of that person. And um, and she sometimes wants to pluck it out of the bowl and get to work on the problem in the person again. But actually, if she can just trust God and leave that person in God's care, then amazing things happen. And yeah. I'm happy to say that the two people I have no, the three people I have released um, in that way have all gone through such beautiful transformations. I admire them very much and love them very much and I'm so grateful for them. And I just had to like get out of the way and get over myself too. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back, Mark. Technology. Yeah. And Crystal. <laughs> um, yeah, we we had some internet connection issues, it appears. So, but thanks for holding down the fort for us. Um, so before we 
get into the next question. Um, wanted to take a bit of a sidestep here, like they might do in judo or karate or whatever. Um, so, uh, but it is related, and um, in the in the stuff we were just talking about, you know, um, maybe we find it necessary to forgive people who may have not considered us or our feelings, or maybe we've gone through a life and forgotten other people. And so this song is particularly speaking to that. And we wanted to discuss it a bit further after we played it. Um, and uh, we're both grateful for our friend Anthony Vidal for first of all writing the song and second of all giving us permission to play it here. So let me go ahead and start our Crystal, you can start that up, right? So Crystal is going to start it up and we'll take a listen to about four minutes. Okay. And then after uh, we listen to it, perhaps we can discuss it because you know what he's talking about is it's extreme like rather than
Open up your heart, Open up your heart and give your love away. Try to remember, try not to forget. We're all human, spirit all togetherness. Oh yeah, and all in time, the world will love Beautiful. It is. That was amazing. There's so much we can talk about about the whole thing, but watching it, what are your thoughts, Anna and John? I was watching it, I had lots of different thoughts going on, sort of. Um... We can go in so many different directions with this. Yeah. But, um, part of my job yeah. is. Um, Sorry. One of my jobs is disability awareness training and, you know, it's people's attitude to how they deal with you with um, your disability and often not they're talking down at you and slowly. And, you know, that's all sometimes you have to forgive them because they haven't had the experience and all these thoughts of a recent training session I had was in that. And um, sometimes I think you actually have to... Um, love yourself they kept talking about have we forgotten to love and i think we're so busy with society we're so busy technology takes over everything our phone goes we don't seem to have time to just relax and take time and listen to people and um i had someone chat to me the other day they're really frustrated looking at changing the direction of where they're going and there was a really good book by an English gentleman, he's a hypnosis, um, Paul McKenna, Change Your Life in Seven Days. And um, he's, there's a little disc you listen every day with it. And it really is um, making you look at yourself because quite often we forget to love ourselves. We sort of focus on so many other things. And he says, right, um, think of the time that you did something and someone praised you and multiply that and things like that how did you feel and the warmth you felt and all that type of thing and it's a very powerful tool you know when you start thinking well everyone's telling you you're good start believing in that you know um i think yeah so watching that video so many thoughts were going through my mind it was pretty powerful I have several friends with um, with pretty big um, challenges. They are either in wheelchairs or they are functionally blind. Um, I, I find myself drawn to people who, I guess, show courage and 
and perseverance in the face of, of obstacles. And I have heard some stories about the way that they have been treated by others. And I am appalled, absolutely appalled. Um, these are lovely, lovely people who are gentle and kind and respectful of others and, and who are also sensitive, caring human beings. And it seems like with the least physically powerful people and probably also, you know, the, the ones who have mental disabilities as well, it seems to bring out the best or the worst in people. Mm. Either um, people find themselves connecting with them and being greatly enriched by them, or else they seem to let something dark inside of them just come out and they just are harsh and and uncaring and seem to, to dehumanize um, oh. others. And it just, it's enough to break my heart because I feel like societally we're, we're kind of in a place in which more and more people are, are dehumanizing others and, and treating them as if they were incapable <laughs> of feeling pain, just like, like we ourselves feel mm. or, um, or humiliation, or fear, or um, I guess shame, you know, um, it seems like there's an awful lot of, of ill treatment that is bubbling to the surface in people's lives. And I think that does say something about, about how we're used to, to functioning as a society. It's almost like like rather than protecting those who need a little bit of extra help and then humbly learning alongside them and from them and with them, we are taking out our anger and our sense of helplessness and maybe our own feelings of self-worth on them and becoming, in fact, a little less human when we do so. It doesn't diminish them, but it sure diminishes us when we treat people like they are anything less than precious and wonderful and worthy of, of being honored and respected and loved. That's, that's certainly true, Anne, and uh, it's um, actually it reminds me of the, what we were talking about before we started here about, uh, you know, I... Personally, I can be a bit, little bit robotic at times. <laughs> and you. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm sort of the guy that likes to do the technical and be behind the camera. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes I get a little bit uncomfortable, but my own, the way I treat people in being cold and robotic isn't necessarily because anything's wrong with anyone else. It's a reflection of what's going on on the inside, right? Well, I've never experienced you as being the least bit cold. I mean, the, the very fact that you choose to seek out stories of, of people overcoming odds and 
dealing with difficult subjects, um, I think speaks more to who you really are than, um, than that little bit of self-evaluation there. Very humble man. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Very humble uh -huh. and doing a great deal of, of powerful good in the world. So thank you for all you're doing. Well, thanks for the virtual pats on the back. <laughs> I, will, I will definitely take note of that. <laughs> I tried. I my word for it. The thing is, it's possible to love and serve humanity by, by um, dealing with situational and logical things that, um, that help and serve others. My husband is that way, too. Um, I tend more to connect with the personal to try and help people feel better. He tends to connect with the situational things. So, um, he's the one that my friends in wheelchairs will talk to about, um, about why they have lost connection with the outside world because their computers aren't working right. Things like that. So that's his way of, of loving the world. And I think that maybe you know, that's just as legit. It's just a, a different angle. That's all. But it's needed. I sort of, um, sometimes I've got a few friends at the moment. I think most probably worldwide where people are relying on carers to come in. And so often at the moment, they're being let down, you know. And um, I was thinking of them when we were talking about forgiveness because one uh, person said, John, I'm at my end here every day it's happening and things you know i forgave them the first time and then the second time and now it's happening more and more you know i think that's the thing when you've got a disability you you put a lot of trust in other people and i think that sometimes when something's happened you know how 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 far do you go you know with your forgiveness you know, it's like we're always putting up with that you know and I think it's especially heartbreaking for people who do have major disabilities because every action is a logistical issue and takes huge amounts of effort. And I have several friends who have done Herculean jobs of overcoming obstacles, and then they're waiting on the community of, of able-bodied people to put the finishing touch in place or make it all start happening. And we let them down time and time again, as if they matter less, which is heartbreaking and infuriating. Um, yeah, it definitely is. Uh, and uh, we're, uh, we wanted to address this in the uh, a question we have coming later up later on so so it's right really yeah uh -huh. so don't draw that cue <laughs> so what's that so crystal the your question was right on cue with oh. our next question <laughs> nice so uh what are the limits of forgiveness and how long do we have to put up with people's uh, bad behavior or repeated bad behavior I think that in some ways that sort of touches on um, what Anne was saying that, you know, you sort of 
really sometimes just sitting down with a person and finding what the issue is. And sometimes it's a little bit of uh, misunderstanding. Um, and sometimes it is that understanding as well. Sometimes in these times we have to be a, a little bit um, tolerant and realize that there are um, issues, people are sick and can't come and give you the help you need. But then on the other side, the company has to realize that you're affecting the person's life by not providing that care using that sort of um as an example but um yeah yeah how long do you put up with someone's i mean i i know people that every week i'm sort of saying you're doing this or trying to help them um but they need to um have a look at themselves as well That's a and good yeah it's understand what their bad behavior is doing and i think if i'm faced with someone like that i will let them know how their behavior is affecting me personally by you saying that you've actually hurt my feeling and i feel like this now so you're sort of humanizing their words or their actions into feelings yeah. right that's very good my husband and i had an exciting first five years of marriage because we're kind of different from each other and we misunderstood each other a lot and um um he thought i was overreacting to everything in the world and i thought he was underreacting to everything in the world and we developed a habit in the first five years that has has stood us in good stead for the next 35. um when when doug says something or does something that i find myself reacting to in not very positive ways i begin by saying doug i've known you for a long time and you've always been a kind honorable person with great integrity and been very trustworthy now i'm confused because you just said or did blah blah if i said or did that this is what i would mean by it is that what you're trying to tell me and in all these years we have yet to have a moment in which he goes yep that's absolutely it no he goes no that would not even have occurred to me and one of the wonderful things about that habit is that it avoids allowing misunderstandings or miscommunications or semantics or any of that kind of stuff from getting so entwined in the interaction and the relationship that that it's impossible to free it from the relationship if we begin by making sure that we have understood correctly that helps and if we give the other person credit for the best of who they are it also makes it more likely that they're going to try to live up to that which is a pretty good thing um my husband will say you've always been trustworthy and reasonable and kind and i have no idea why you just said the thing you did then i can correct it and i'm more likely to do it in a way that is kind and um and reasonable and all of that because he's just given me credit for all those times when i have been that way so that's been a very handy thing um i think there is a difference between um forgiving and putting up with repetitive bad behavior and it's taken me a while to get to to that realization but I, I feel like I'm called upon to give unlimited forgiveness because we all need it. We need to be forgiven over and over and over, self-included. But 
putting up with someone's repetitive bad behavior can be a very bad thing, not only for oneself, but also for the other person. I know that when I have behaved badly um, and I get by with it, I'm more likely to continue in that behavior. For example, for many years when my anxiety would kick up, I would be unpleasant with the people I loved who happened to be around. Um, this became very obvious when I started college and roomed with my sister, who is a couple years older and who is the kindest person in the world. And she would ask me, well, how, how are you doing today? When I had just come in from a class and I would have been procrastinating on a paper. And so I would be in a bad mood and I would growl at her. And she would always just put up with me. She would just forgive and forgive, but she would also put up with my repetitive bad behavior. Then when Lent came around, I decided to give up something a little tougher than chocolate, which was taking out on somebody else my bad mood when they had done nothing to deserve it. It was life-changing for me because for 40 days, I gave myself permission to dump on my poor sister if she had behaved badly and deserved to be jumped on and dumped on. That did not happen even once. I discovered the entire problem with my grumpiness was totally coming out of my own issues. So I was ashamed to admit to myself that the problem was not my sister, the problem was totally me, and I had to take responsibility for it, and I had a choice in it. And you know, what, what I used to say to my children when they were growing up and, and sometimes behaving badly and they would say, but I can't help it. She made me so mad or he was so exasperating. I would say, and this is kind of obnoxious, but I would say, okay, so you're telling me that if a bad guy broke into our home and held a gun to your head and said, I'm going to pull the trigger and blow your head off if, if you react to the way your brother or sister was annoying you. You're saying you would have no choice. You would just go ahead and react and have your head blown off. And they would say, no. And, um, and you know, it was, it was my rather icky way of bringing to their attention the fact that they have a choice in how they react to each other. And what do you know, they both turned out to be really lovely people um, who treat their, their siblings and their spouses beautifully. So, um, it was also a good reminder to me that I have a choice in terms of how I react to people. Right. I think that's it. It's the choice, isn't it? You know, mm -hmm. um, and sometimes, you know, you, you can't change that person's bad behavior, you know, so is the relationship worth it? You know, you just have to protect time, yourself it? from it. Right. Yeah. And, and then we get into boundaries. Hmm which I also like, did not understand about for many years. Like, you know, the best thing we can do is fix or do whatever we need to do with therapy or self-realization to figure out what internally messed up when that happened and what you do with it and how you try to fix yourself is one thing what they do with what they did they can live with it or they can fix it too and try to make it better their life better exactly so, 
You can't control what other people do. No. You can't control how they're going to treat you going forward either. Exactly. Well, that's very true. And I think being deeply honest with the other person about how they're affecting you um, can be helpful because sometimes it just, I mean, people affect each other in unexpected ways sometimes. I can think I'm trying to be helpful to somebody I love and I'm really annoying the heck out of them and, um, and they're feeling talked down to or um, preached at or whatever. And I have to learn better ways of handling things. Which of course means I have to get over myself and any pride issues because part of me always wants to be right. Always, always, always. And I'm so seldom right. So <laughs> um, I have to learn to just be humble and listen and think it doesn't matter whether I didn't mean to hurt them. The fact is I hurt them. It's like if, if you, if you're driving a car and you hit a bicyclist and they fly off the bike and they get all skinned up, it doesn't matter that you didn't intend to do that. They're still hurt. And that's still a reality you have to deal with. I mean, obviously you wouldn't want to choose to do anything like that, but it doesn't make their hurt go away just because you didn't mean to, to do anything to harm them. And I think we have to take responsibility for the fact that lots of times we mean well and we do badly nonetheless. And there are things we need to learn. I kind of thank you very much. That was very insightful. We, we all need to really reflect on those things. Um, but that kind of brings up, um, so we're talking about forgiveness, but how is accountability related to that? It's quite a sort of heavy um, question, really. The the person, I think, has to understand how their actions have affected you. Um, I mean, accountability. Do I want revenge to the fact that they've hurt me? Yeah, and therefore, yeah, to me, that would be wrong. Therefore, I'm going to then be accountable for having hurt them, and then I'm going to have to ask for their forgiveness. And it's the way we react to people sometimes. And I think, to me, it's trust. I've got to believe and I hope the person, if they've hurt me in their actions or words or deeds, they haven't done it intentionally. Um, and if I forgive them, I'm trusting they're not going to repeat that action. And therefore, their actions is then going to make me hopefully understand or get a better picture on them um, did they mean to do it? Is it their personality? Is it a trait they've got that they, you know, always have to be right, for example, and they're not prepared to listen? It's. I think the person has to be accountable, but um, sometimes it's just making them aware of the, what their actions done. Because sometimes people do things and they don't realise. Exactly. You know, and sometimes um, we think we've forgiven each other 
but there are still roots in there. It's like when you pull up a weed and you just get the surface of the weed and there are all those roots in there. One of the most wonderful Valentines my husband and I ever celebrated was the one in which we got an extra large roll of toilet paper and we asked each other for forgiveness for each of the not quite gone um, offenses that we have um, inflicted upon one another over the years. And each time we would tear off a square of toilet paper and put it in a stack. And we figured we might need extra large. So <laughs> we, we got a big roll. And, um, and, you know, I asked forgiveness for something I had said on our honeymoon. And, you know, I had already asked his forgiveness, but I didn't feel fully forgiven. And I still felt guilty. And um, he forgave me freely. And I tore off a, a square of toilet paper and put it on the stack. And then he asked me for, for forgiveness for something he'd said the week before. And we added it to the stack. And we finally were exhausted from having asked forgiveness for anything and everything that we might have accumulated over the years. And then we took the whole stack and put it in the composter. And we said, here, make flowers out of it. It was a delightful experience. It was one of the most peculiar Valentines we'd ever had, but also one of the most deeply loving and personal. That, um, it can be exhausting when you're so much so wanting to figure out what happened and do what you need to do to repair whatever you've probably, you know, internal problems that you may have. But the other person is, to, is pretty much saying it was all you and I did nothing. So until they hold themselves accountable and talk to you about it like adults, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. then they don't get it and they're too egotistical to even come forward. That's very insightful. I have a couple of friends who, um, who were married to people who, in marriage counseling, kept insisting that they were completely without fault and the other person was completely to blame. And there's not a lot you can do about that. When somebody decides to hide behind this wall of, of, um, of supposed innocence, when, you know, we all have at least some part in just about everything that goes wrong in a relationship, there's not a lot you can do about it. The other person had already learned and changed and asked forgiveness and forgiven and all that kind of stuff to the maximum degree. And they were not met halfway. They were not even met at all. They were just encountering the stone wall and those relationships were not able to move forward. Yeah. You have brought up earlier that, you know, you always forgive. Yes, definitely. To, for your, to move forward yourself. Yes. Uh, to heal. You forgive, you know, everything. But some people, they want to stay there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't want to move forward there. They think they're perfect the way they are. 
And, exactly. you know, that's really sad, you know, that you heard that way. But, you know, the, a lot of the world is that way, like, you know, especially corporations and, you know, government, obviously. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. And it starts from the top down. It teaches people from the top down how to treat other people. Exactly. And until those big corporations, the government, are holding themselves accountable, then everyone else is going to suffer. Yes. Well, I have a weird forgiveness story. To make this political. Back when I was 16, my hot-headed mother and her hot-headed daughter had what we now refer to as a spirited discussion about something, and I lost it, and I behaved terribly. And I asked her forgiveness at the time, and she forgave me. And when I was about 50 years old, I was still carrying the burden of not having forgiven myself. And I got down on my knees in front of my now elderly mother. And I said, mother, can you possibly really forgive me for what I did and said when I was 16? And she said, what was that? And I had to go through the whole story with her. And she said, sweetheart, I have no idea what you're talking about. And yeah. I think that that's a good reminder that when people are truly sorry, love can, in fact, forgive things that one thinks are unforgivable. But we also have to receive forgiveness and not just forgive others. And receiving forgiveness is sometimes hard. It took me decades to receive that forgiveness. And I'll always be thankful to my mother for having given it so freely even at the time that it just evaporated from her awareness and, and memory. And I'm so thankful for that. Thank you for sharing that again, Nan. I've had a lot that has needed forgiveness in my life. I really have. Um, actually, I was I had a thought so... And then maybe another perspective on this question is um, about forgiveness of yourself for something maybe you blame yourself for, for doing somebody else or allowing to happen, right? Um, and um, accountability surely must tie into us being accountable to ourselves for giving ourselves forgiveness and releasing ourselves from that psychological or emotional burden, right? And um, what about the accountability? Again, this is not to blame victims or anything like that, but certainly I, I have experienced things which lead me to blame myself for allowing them to happen. But once I I also I have to forgive myself 
as well as take the accountability to grow myself and learn how to set boundaries better. Yes. Absolutely. And a bag of rocks is a bag of rocks, whether it's filled with things you haven't forgiven in someone else or in oneself. Mm. And none of us can, none of us can dance. None of us can, can run or, or roll around in a grassy field or, or sleep well at night. If we're dragging around a big bag of rocks, it's too much work and we're too weak and life's too short. That's true. Yeah, we talked about accountability, but how when someone doesn't uh, admit to their mistakes or they're not, you know, they don't want to be accountable, right. how do you then move forward? That's a hard one because everybody does it differently. And uh, sorry, I just wanted to add one thing here. Of course, everyone does it differently. And everybody who is needing your forgiveness may not necessarily, they need to be handled different ways depending on who they are and what they've done and the intention behind it. I remember going through a period of, of unforgiveness with someone many years ago. And, um, and a friend of mine said that one of the great saints had a, a, um, a habit of when he was praying for his enemies, he would pray for what they were struggling with and his version of that. Like, you know, Lord, please forgive um, so-and-so for um, for his untrustworthiness and forgive me for the same. Forgive me for my untrustworthiness. And, and I thought that was an interesting point because it's easy to see the things in other people that really ought to be changed, but that can also distract oneself or blind oneself from the things that we ourselves need to change. And as long as we are asking for forgiveness for the other on the other person's behalf and our behalf, then we cannot succeed in dehumanizing them or allowing them power over us. We're just basically humanity recognizing the brokenness of other humans. And that's a healthy thing. Uh, John, do you have anything to add to that? I was sort of thinking like, you know, um, it's sometimes I just um, acknowledge their behavior, for example. if So if someone's continually doing something, I realize I'm not going to change their behavior. So I sort of try and change my perception of what them, what they're doing or example i think well they're doing it for a reason they've obviously had some experience in their life that's making them react this way i'm not going to change it i'm not going to be able to change myself but i can change the way i react to what they say so 
I've got two ways to um, react. I can take it personally and take it to heart or think, well, they didn't mean it. It's just their problem. And then it's like that stone. I just leave it in the bag. I just pull it there. I don't even carry it around with me. It's their issue. And they're the ones who kind of live with it. And um, I think so often we we carry their stones for them, if you know what I mean, using that. That's Instead good. of thinking, well, it's not mine, you can have it, you can do with it what you want, but mm -hmm. I, I don't have to take any any of your baggage with me. It's very, very hard okay. to do, but it's just sort of thinking, I've got two choices. I can take it to heart, or I can just think, well, bang, it's just them. And, and sometimes, yeah. sometimes I pray for God to heal them of whatever it is that is causing them to behave the way that they're behaving. Yeah. Because I know that usually when I behave badly, it's because there's some sort of wound inside that I haven't acknowledged and that still has power over me. And, you know, I, I need, I need help. I remember. Oh, you're not alone and we all need help. Oh, <laughs> we do yeah. all have that in common. You're right. Yeah, definitely. And on to, on to more about what you said, um, certainly it can also be generational. Yes. Know, or they may have circumstantially dealt with a situation in their past growing up or even recently, you know, mm -hmm. um, something they dealt with and they've been projecting it on other people because they they're hurting and not knowing how to deal with it in internally in themselves. So right. it, you know you have to forgive that. Mm -hmm. But it, it like I said it's generational. So if that happened and they're thinking to themselves, I don't need to say I'm sorry. I don't need to be accountable for it because it, this is what happened was not my fault. So why should I be sorry to you? But right. yeah, but this is that's a hard one. And it's also hard for the person who's on the receiving end of whatever this generational, uh, this person who has received these and being indoctrinated with these bad habits is giving giving to the receiving person. Uh, it's some it, the line can be blurred. Like um, yeah, at some point you have to stop justifying their behavior because you know. Sure, they've gone through all that, but um, at what point do you let stop letting that be an excuse? Yeah. I think sometimes it's, 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 just saying, yeah, it's just drawing their attention to the fact that are you aware that the way you speak to the people can rub them up the wrong way? And sometimes they're not even aware because they've been doing it all the yeah, I won't say all their lives, but for a certain length of time, and it's become a habit. And or they just feel very negative inside. So you might say, "That's a nice shirt you've got on today," and what? What's wrong with it? You know. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so then they may not. It's it's their problem. 
you know, and they've got to identify it and sometimes you can help them, yeah. you know, but then of course, if they're feeling negative, you, you say something and they'll just turn it negative, you know, it's, that's, it's, <laughs> that's the key, the key word there, the operative word is sometimes, because yeah. it all depends on their receptivity to what you're saying, right? Mm. If if they don't want to hear it or they're denying um, what you're saying to them, then, um, you know, it's not going to get very far. Yeah. No, it's not going to be received very well. Right. And I think, and that's the thing to, for us to realize that it's not a problem, it's their problem. We're trying to help them, but we don't take it on board. We, we're giving them the tools and it's what they do with them is right. I find myself remembering what Jesus said about, you know, Father, forgive them. They, they don't know what they're doing. And I think, you know, that's the common condition that we all share. Yeah. We don't know what we're doing. And we flounder around and we hurt each other and, and we sometimes hurt ourselves and, and we make a royal mess of things. And so we're all in desperate need of forgiveness. And if it flows freely, then we're also free to learn and to do better the next time. And, you know, if we wounded each other and if we say, I really value you and I really value our relationship and I don't feel good right now about the way we're interacting, can we talk about what's going on? Because you probably have very good reasons for reacting the way you do. And I have some very good reasons for reacting the way I do. Let's get it on the table so that we can fight for our relationship together. Sometimes that's pretty powerful. That's the thing that the person has to be aware of their wrongdoing so they don't repeat it. Because sometimes they say, they've asked for your forgiveness, but then they'll turn around and do the same thing again. Exactly. Ask for your forgiveness and do the same thing again. It's like a vicious circle. You know? Right. And sometimes I need to be called on things. You know, I develop bad habits and I get sloppy. And I need for the other person to say, look, this isn't just affecting you. It's affecting me. And this is how. And if I value that person, that might give me the incentive to change my ways. And that's good for both of us. Yeah. Um, so does anyone, before we... Before we uh, end off today, does anyone have anything to add? So do you have any other? Um, yeah, so I, I was thinking of all these topics that we've discussed, not just here, but in all our episodes um, on this Under the Surface series. Um, so I, I'm thinking, you know, anybody that's not disabled, you know, um, have been put in the background and, you know, and they must think, wow, these are relevant issues to, to me, you know, how are these disabled people able to talk about such uh, highly, these topics that are happening all over the world right now? Mm -hmm. um, I I have one thing to add there. I think the reason we can 
I mean, I'm fairly new to the disability community, but I can uh, see around me, there are people that have been living this life for a long time. And um, they, they have prolonged exposure and enough experience to understand all these things on a deep level. Mm -hmm. And um, no, it's, it's just uh, one example of ha what's happening to people of different classes and backgrounds and all over the world. And just like in martial arts, uh, I was met talking to Crystal about this earlier today, John. In martial arts, if you've been doing it long enough, you know there's no difference between Kung Fu and Karate and Muay Thai. And it's all the same thing. No, exactly. getting getting punched in the face means the same thing in every language. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds uh, like something that should be tattooed on each of us. <laughs> That's wonderful. Don't give him any ideas. <laughs> oh yeah. my! It's good. It just and that's the thing. Like someone said to me the other day, um, "What is the best martial art?" And I said, "Not being there." You know. Wow, that's yeah. insightful. Yeah, very interesting. Um, and that's yeah. the thing. Like one of the questions um, I asked one of my students last night was, "What's the difference between karate and karate do?" And I mean, this is pretty heavy, but karate in a martial way, you know, you learn to defend yourself against someone else. Um, karate do is really learning to defend yourself against yourself because you are your worst enemy yourself. It's a, a way of life. It's a, you push yourself continually to make yourself both stronger physically and mentally. And you know, your your worst enemy is yourself. Uh, what's Always. in here? <laughs> And then it really leads back to a question that, you know, sometimes to ask forgiveness, you have to forgive yourself. Which I think makes it actually easier to forgive others. Because I think when I don't forgive myself, I'm kind of emotionally and spiritually in a place of rigidity. And that doesn't help anybody. I know that, you know, um, that it's important to remember to keep your knees slightly flexed so you don't get knocked over in the martial arts. And I think it's a, a spiritual and emotional state also. If I, um, if I can stay a little bit flexed, I do better with myself and with other people. Mm. Become the willow. Yes. <laughs> And it's one of the wonderful things I think about getting older, because when I was 16, I was so opinionated and black and white about everything. And, and I was ready to rule the universe and, and it didn't work out. Um, and, you know, it's kind of wonderful to be 65 and too tired to try and rule the universe and to discover that the universe is really quite interesting when when you just sort of observe instead of try and control it's lovely. Um, you were talking about the willow, right? It's got some extremely strong roots. Well, um, I do hydroponics. And 
onto the same subject, you know, onto like forgiveness and then also about plants and trees and stuff like that. If you don't shed that stuff, that bad stuff, the dead stuff, the things that have happened to you or things that, you know, that you're holding on to, you know, those, those things cannot flourish. They can't mm -hmm. flower. They can bloom out the really pretty scents or the really pretty flowers or fruit or vegetables. And you've got to let all that other stuff, all the other stuff go. So this things can happen. And if they don't have strong roots, forget it. Because you're not going to see the good things about them and the good roots that they have. And the person they are, if you are held down. There's a lot There's of work done on that. for sure. And uh, uh, Crystal's taught me a thing or two about wisdom and... Uh, Yay, Crystal! And, and a little, little bit about hydroponics. There's, <laughs> there's one thing we discussed before that uh, wanted to add. Um, of course, what you mentioned is true. Also, you know, um, sometimes if you're doing hydroponics and you're, you maybe have two different varieties growing close to each other, if one is doing really well, like it can, it can suffocate the other one or mm. it can just grow too big and take up too much room and take up too much resources, right. right? And take away from what the other one's doing and the other one ends up getting sick and dying, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I mean, plants can't do a lot to protect their own, their own space. We have to do that for them, right. but in most cases, but, um, and, but the thing is with people, we have to look out for people that need that space protected because maybe they don't aren't in in that space where they have the capability for themselves. Yes. And mm -hmm. us as individual clients have to do our best to protect our own space. Yes. That's, That's a good balanced way of looking at it. Mm. And also you're flourishing. <laughs> you're both nice plants that are doing well. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I try and remember that God gave me big ears for listening. <laughs> <laughs> you do it beautifully. <laughs> I thought it was when I was a kid, my my mom and dad could drag me along. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's not it's it. not always not always easy to do because when I look in the mirror, I'm reminded my head is bigger and it sometimes takes over. Right? <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And, but I, I try, and, you know, don't always get right. Like nine times a 10, I trip over my own feet trying to get to the finish line. Right? But oh, um, boy. I relate. Know, yeah. Someone keeps moving the finishing line. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the ironic thing is that 
especially um you know living living a life and hopefully it's a long life you begin to learn that there is no finish line mm. the finish line is just something that's imaginary you know and you don't have to chase after anything so hard and it's the chase that that uh, does you in <laughs> that's an interesting image now i'm starting to picture the finish line as being a slingshot and off you go there is a finish line yeah yeah you know it's a launch pad <laughs> we can be, we can be just you know as a stopping point to somewhere else so yeah. we're not on a finish line we're at maybe we're just barely getting started Mm. Good point. I think if we, you, the finish line means you're going to stop learning. For me, yeah. you know, I'm always looking right. to improve, learn right. more stuff. And, right. yeah. Then I think there's definitely a God, but I I don't limit him to necessarily Earth, and that's it. Right. He, he created a lot of things, so. You know, it's kind of egotistical to say that this is it and mm -hmm. this is all he's got. <laughs> there. Here's I, I here's another here, here's another analogy analogy for yeah. you. Um that we're just we're just riding with training wheels <laughs> and once once we've caught our balance. Our dad's going to take our training wheels off. <laughs> oh, wow. That's wonderful. That is wonderful. There, there are some good things to being an overthinker. <laughs> I had a friend who used to say, don't make God's shoes too small. And I thought that was a wonderful expression. I think that mm -hmm. that there is so much that is, is so much bigger than we have any way of seeing because we're just so we're like little ants and we can see what's right in front of us. Right. But, um, but there's a, a big, beautiful, wonderful universe and, and it's a privilege to be a part of it. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's a great thing with technology. We sort of moan and groan how bad it is, but look at technology bringing us all together. Isn't it lovely? Mm -hmm. And giving us a chance to learn from each other. What a joy. Yes. There are definitely some good and bad things about it, mm -hmm. but yeah. the good outweigh uh, does the bad. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I think it's just it's kind of like elementary school or high school. Sometimes the biggest bullies and loudest voices get the most attention, even right. though they're the smallest. They're a minority of the class. That's right? true. And mm -hmm. oftentimes, as as things unfold, those big, loud, bullying voices become a little clearer as voices of people who are maybe scared or have been hurt and who are trying to have inappropriate control over mm -hmm. other people. And, you know, sometimes they're the ones who are in need of compassion if we just knew their stories. True. And we wouldn't be scared of them. We would be trying to encourage them in all the right ways.
So we'll and hope that these messages go out to them. And sometimes it is just finding a um, connection with that bully. Yes. And sort of understanding, understanding them and then them start to understand how their behavior affects others. Very good. You're absolutely right. Sometimes all we can do um, is give people, you know, the the outlooks and the different, you know, ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. And hopefully they'll take it in and think about it. And mm -hmm. people are not so gun code about their way, the only way, and the right way. And and also given that we have a disability and in the past our perceptions and ideas uh, have been looked past and you know they're not relevant you know maybe now people will be able to openly you know say hey look, they have some really good ideas let's yes also put those in there <laughs> that's absolutely right yeah, I have a friend who's who's sort of a mover and a shaker, and um, and she is teaching the all the rest of us an awful lot, and um, and her wisdom runs deep, and her insights are are wonderfully imaginative and and life bringing, and I'm just so grateful to have her in my life. It's great to have uh, people like that around you, um, and. Uh... Yeah, I'm, I mean, both of us are really grateful for, um, for you, Anne, and John, and sure, taking sure. the time to speak with us and contribute your ideas. And, you know, um, hopefully we impacted some people out there who are listening to this or who are going to listen or watch later. And certainly we're thankful to Anthony Vidal for yes. sharing that great song with us wow. that we were able to play. Mm -hmm. um, Very powerful. One in it and, uh, this has been extremely insightful. I totally appreciate you guys having this dialogue with us and helping us with the have giving people a voice to, and maybe put in there, you know, be able to openly discuss and talk about issues that they haven't thought about. Mm -hmm. That's true. I'll bet that lack of forgiveness robs more people of their natural power as humans than just about anything. And boy, think about all of the energy and creativity and love that would be unleashed in the human race if we could just forgive each other and ourselves for sure for sure you know the way the video anthony's video um so very well articulated um what not only disabled people have been feeling but different minorities and homeless people and you know older people even you know they often feel like yeah. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. and uh so 
sure everybody needs these tools and everybody needs to forgive, you know, mm -hmm. some people. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it really puts into perspective those people, you know, uh, of course, those are the target audience that, you know, anybody that's watching us would probably be, you know, and honestly, it's at least touched one or two people at least absolutely that's true well thank you um, so much for giving us the opportunity to explore these issues with you absolutely that's been really good thank you mm -hmm. thank you thank yeah. you so much good to see you guys thanks a lot day. enjoy the rest of your day Thank yeah, you. Me too. You all too. Bye. 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 That's true.